0: All right, welcome back! Another episode of the podcast here. I want to thank you guys for for listening, and I'm going to ask you a favor right off the bat. If you're not subscribed, I'm going to ask you to please subscribe. Um, ben and I are making a push, trying to figure out what platforms people are listening on. So if you are if you are um, li- if you listen regularly, if, th- if this is your first time, uh, I don't think you have to subscribe. But if you like it, I'd appreciate it if you did. We use a um, podcast. Service called Blueberry, and they put it out to, I think, all kinds of different podcast apps. So, do me a favor if you are, if you do have the ability and are willing to, if you'd hit the subscribe button, um, if they also leave, if you have the opportunity to leave a review or a rating, that we would greatly appreciate that. That helps us to figure out how to be able to get in front of more people because. The higher the review the more ratings then we are able to come up as recommended to other people so our objective with doing podcasts are to try to help as many people as possible i think we really are focused on probably diy trainers do-it-yourself type people folks that are training their own dogs and our our goal basically with our company is make that as easy as possible help those who need it so um start off right away with me asking so i apologize for that but we are going to, looks like Ben brought it up, there's Spotify, Amazon Music, Podcast Index, Podchasers, Ghana, Savan, and Deezer. So if you're listening on those, I'd appreciate it. The other spot people do listen to it, I think, is on our website. Yeah. We've got it. So, uh, And if you're watching this on YouTube, I appreciate that, because we do end up moving these, Ben ends up putting these onto YouTube as well. So let's get right into it quick question it's gonna be a relatively i don't think it's gonna be a real long podcast this one is gonna be a pretty short episode but there's a quick uh, question that i'm gonna touch on um it's gonna be able to let me plug a a friend of ours um standing stone kennels this guy mentioned standing stone kennels in this they are good friends of ours ethan and cat Pippett. they have a podcast i think it's called you ask we answer yawa i think they call it um I've not, we they've been on our podcast. I don't think we've done a podcast with them. I think theirs is more of a um, question and answer type thing as well, but um, good friends of ours will get into this question. We're going to touch on them, but they're, if you're interested, I would recommend following theirs as well. Um, it says, not sure if you ever find time to answer questions, but I figured I'd reach out in case you do. I can't seem to find a podcast or a video that directly talks about the two issues that I am having. We have a four month old yellow lab. We started with a clicker and treats in our kind of following Standing Stone Kennel's videos. But I found our dog only performs for food. Our dog only performing for food, no matter how much randomness we gave her. Anyway, we have two issues with her. One is her constantly stealing things and trying to chew them or get us to play keep away with her. It could be shoes, toys of our boys, our phone, magazine, literally anything. Her place training is okay, not great. She's not on her place all day at the house, however. Second issue is she's jumping on people, on the counter, on furniture, etc. Nothing we have done thus far has seemed to help a whole lot. Any advice you have for us would be very appreciated. Have a great weekend. So, there's a lot, there's multiple things here. So I'm going to I'm going to sort through it. Um, because a, I think your question, so this, uh, I think will help you start to understand my answer better because I think your question is, is wrong. And and so when I say that, don't be offended by it, but you said you've got two issues. You've listed several issues and I don't know that they're all connected. I don't think they're all connected. In fact, I think they're have nothing to do with each other, but let's start out at the top. It says we started a we started clicker training with treats and kind of our following Standing Stone Kennels videos, but I found our dog only performing for food no matter how much randomness we gave her. Now that's one completely separate issue. That has nothing to do with jumping on couches or counters or any of that stuff. It also has nothing to do with dogs picking up stuff and running away. So I, this one, I'm, this is gonna be a kind of a quick answer. I don't use clickers and I don't use treats for variety of reasons. Um I just don't feel like I need them. I don't feel like they give me much benefit. I do think they provide us with very quick results. Um I think people use them and I don't know what what Standing Stone. I don't know if this this is reference to Standing Stone's videos. So I can't really speak on those um cuz I haven't watched them so I'm not sure. So I don't want to I don't I don't know so I'm not going to um not going to go there cuz I just don't know what to refer to. But the idea of treat training and clicker training, here's my stance on it or my reasoning for not using it. I do think you get dogs to do stuff real quickly. Um, I think it looks really good. I think it's real um, impressive and, and people get excited because I think it makes us feel better than anything. I think it makes people feel really good to see very little dogs. When I say little, I mean very young, eight, nine, 10, 11 week old puppies healing really well because I've seen people do that with clickers and, and, and treats. And I, but I think what we have to recognize is they're not healing. They're really focused on your food. And so as long as you keep shoveling them food, they're going to stay focused on you. But I, I just don't think that that's real. I don't think it's really training. I think it's a, a little bit of a trick maybe. And I think that it's shaping or, or getting dogs into a position with the use of food but it's 100% reliant on it. And so I look at it and I take a step back from it. So in the moment, yeah, it feels great. And I think people like that. I think people like to see that. I think people like to see the results. I think it's really a fast paced way to get somewhere. I don't think fast pace is always the way to go. I don't think we always have to go quicker. In fact, I think sometimes we need to slow down. I think sometimes we have to understand that dogs mature at different rates, mentally and physically. And there's just nothing we can do about that. And and I don't think we should worry about it. I think we should embrace it, enjoy it. I really like the idea of taking the pressure off of having to get stuff accomplished quickly because I just don't think it ends up good most of the time when we when we stress out about it. So I think that, you know, by the time they're to the point where we need to start working on heel work, I you know, I see the results. I'm using heel as an example, but this could be a lot of things. By the time they're when they're very little, I think a lot of that stuff is not necessarily necessary to be working. I don't need to work with a seven or eight week old puppy on heel because they follow me around very naturally without me influencing it in any way. And so I get a lot of value out of recall and I get a lot of value out of just connecting with the dog and having the dog with me because they want to be with me, not because I wear the fanny pack. So I think that the treat training part to me and the clicker training part, I just don't, I don't know that it's necessary and I've never had to use it. And I think that in the big picture race, you might win the first quarter, but winning the first quarter doesn't matter to me. It's the end of the game that I worry about the score. So, um, that's so, so what I am saying with that is I, you've got a four month old pup and I don't know where you're at with all your other training, but if clicker training isn't working and the food part, isn't working for you to the point of you can't get them to listen unless you give them food. All the more reason I think you need to take a, a stance at going, well, how do I get behavior shaped without the need for it? So, and, and we've got Hours and hours and hours and hours for days of information on how we've done that with some of our dogs So I would I would dig into that Um, youtube is probably a great place to start some of the series some of the playlists uh, whether live with spry bella be good um, those types of videos so Our I suppose our videos too, our puppy and our foundation video. That would be a, a real high recommendation. They're pretty much sequenced so Let's move on to the next thing. Anyway, now now you said that to begin with. Then you said, anyway, I have two issues with her. So that was number one. Now you're listing number two. Uh, one is her constantly stealing things and trying to chew on them or get us to play with her, play keep away with her. It could be shoes, toys of our boys, our phone, magazine, literally, literally anything. Well, that's a very simple answer. Pick stuff up. Like it, it, it's, and I say it, it sounds like a little bit of a smart ass comment. The easiest way to get the dog to stop picking stuff up and running off and playing keep away is to pick it up. Don't allow them to have it. Now, that's part of the answer. The next part you talk about is her place training. And at four months, I think you should be getting pretty far along with some place training. When I say place training, I'm not talking place boards, it's a whole other can of worms. I think people use place boards for stuff that to me, from a training standpoint, creates issues more than it fixes or helps in some situations. I like the place command as a as a command. Like it'd, it'd be like sit and stay, except it's a little more freeing. It's a little more gives the dog a little more opportunity to move around, a little more freedom, but it's got to be within a certain confined space without having to put him in like a fenced in area or a crate. So to me, that's where the value of place training comes in. I don't necessarily use them much beyond that. I know some people do. I know they're becoming very, very popular. I get a little concerned with that because, again, I think it's similar to clickers and treats that if you take those away, do you still get the behavior? And a lot of people, I think, don't. And so it's something that I don't want to have to have necessary in order for my dog to listen. My, my thought when it comes to training is dogs should listen because they make good decisions based on what we've taught them. And those good decisions are desirable behavior. And so let's start with, we'll get back to the beginning here. The idea of them chewing on everything and playing keep away, keep away is really bad for the retriever. So it's just a, you know, all these things that the dog gets a hold of, those are opportunities for retrieves. That's the way I look at it. The first time they get a hold of the shoes, I say, there's your retrieve opportunity. Get the dog back to you. And some, that's, there, that's a variety of ways. Sometimes I turn and leave the dog, walk away from them. They don't want to be left alone. If I've done my job when they're little, they don't want to be left alone. So I, I go to leave and they go, no, 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 wait for me. And they start coming running to me. And when they come running to me, I turn around, I time it well. I turn around, I get down, I welcome them into me and I praise them for it. And when they bring me the shoe, I don't just snag it away from them and scold them. That's what a lot of people do is they grab that object out of the dog's mouth and they start hollering at him or they whack them with it. And then they expect the dog to bring it back to them the next time. That's not going to happen. That's why they don't come to you. That's because our emotions get the most of us in those moments. So what we want to do is play it cool and be like, hey, good job. Great. You got her shoes. Bring them here. Good. Bring them here. And if the dog says, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run away with them, the last thing you're going to do is chase them. You're going to say, well, then. This isn't fun for me either. See you later. Turn and walk away. And I don't know many dogs that want to be left alone like that. And that's even if you didn't do your job like you should have done the eight weeks prior to this. Now, you've got a pup that's about 16 weeks old from about eight weeks to 16 weeks old. That's why I'm not busy with clickers and food trying to teach the dog to come to me. Instead, I'm letting the dog naturally follow me around. And when they get to me, I praise them. I've got two puppies right now. They're both, they're eight weeks old today. One of them is my son's. One of them is a friend of ours who is coming to pick it up next week. And so I'm walking around the yard all day today with these two little puppies and practicing recall. You won't be able to see it, but I put it on an Instagram story. The dogs are out in the yard and they were fooling around and kind of wrestling with each other. And I started to give a little whistle. Beep, 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 beep. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make a little noise. They get excited. Here they come. They're running to me. When they get to me i'm going in the house so that's why i called them to me when they get to me i don't scoop them up and bring them in and put them in their kennel when they get to me i start petting them and telling them how good they are and i actually got down on one knee and and welcomed them in and then i stood back up and i walked about three or four steps away and i called them to me again and they ran to me and they got petted a bunch of times and then i did it again and they petted so all of a sudden these dogs start to realize running to him is not going to get me put in a kennel. Running to him is going to get me loved up and praised. And then I can pick him up. And then I can bring him in the house. And then I can put him in the kennel. And they're not necessarily associating that recall with punishment or with something they don't want to do, which is go get put in the kennel. So that's real important. Now, you're lucky because you're only at four months old. You're at 16 weeks old. So you can do a lot of this stuff yet. But your dog is too big to catch now. He's probably too fast. So you got to do it in an area that doesn't allow more freedom than they can handle. So it might be fenced in yard. It might be the garage. It might be a hallway, but that's where you're going to go back to. You're going to, you still got to do the same stuff. You can't skip the steps because the dog's 14, four, four months old instead of two months old. You can't just say, well, those last two months I skip them because he's not that age. No, you got to do them. You got to start in the beginning. You just have to set your area up differently and take baby, baby steps and get the behavior there in really controlled areas before you move into areas that have less and less control so that the behavior is stronger than the distractions. So that's that's the step I think you need to be doing with that pup. And then you start getting that dog. I don't know where you're at with retrieving because you didn't say anything about retrieving, but you told me about all the stuff he's picking up and shouldn't have. Too much freedom, chance to run around, and too much stuff laying there for him to get it. So eliminate the freedom, work on the foundational stuff, the recall, and pick the stuff up. And now all of a sudden, that problem, number one, goes away. Now number two here, her place training is okay, not great. That's easy. Make it great. So it only gets great by being consistent. So if it's not great, how come? If it, is it because the dog breaks off of it once in a while? Then you need to be 100% focused on place training when you are place training. Not place training and then paying attention sometimes. And then the dog got off and, oh, no, 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 no. that's You're not supposed to do that. No, you need to catch it the second the dog starts to think about stepping off so that he understands what it is he's not supposed to do. Because if you catch the dog once they're off, it's too late. So it's all about timing. you got to be really sharp. So place training needs to be get good. And so practice on that. Now, um, it says her place training is okay. Not great. She's not on her place all day at the house. None of my dogs are. They're not capable of it. Not when they're little in, in training. So place training is training, which means you have to be focused on it. And when it gets to be the point too long for two, for that young pup, then end it before it goes bad. It might be three minutes, might be five minutes, might be 12 minutes. We're going to be doing some shows with dogs here in about a month. So we're going to be doing some seminars at shows. That means those dogs are going to be 12 weeks old. By the time that dog is 12 weeks old, I'm going to have my son's puppy probably with me for it. By the time that dog's 12 weeks old, if it hasn't been put on place by then, which it will be, but if it hadn't been... I would expect to put that puppy on place for very short increments because there's gonna be a lot of distractions there. So we might get a minute or two of place training and then the pup goes back in the kennel because we can't watch it the whole time. We're at a show. So I'm going to work on slowly adding the time and having someone work with the dog, me or my son, and build up this behavior and understanding of I've got a perimeter on my bed that I can't leave. I can do anything I want on it, but I can't come off of it. And by the time we get to the show, we'll have added more and more distractions. And then hopefully we can show a dog at 12 weeks old that's really strong on place in lots of distractions. And if it's not, then we won't because we're gonna do it at the pace that the dog allows us to do it. So I'm, my dogs will not be put on place and asked to stay on there all day. Now my old dogs can, in fact, they prefer it. My old dogs are just, they, they, that's where they go. They come in the house, they go lay on their place. It's not because I told them to, it's because they've be, it's become habit. It's ingrained in them, but they're old. They've been doing it a long time and they didn't start out that way. They started out with very short 30 second sessions. The very first Live with Spry on our YouTube channel will show you it accidentally turned into a series on YouTube. It was literally all it was, was FaceTime live with a puppy on place and we weren't sure what we were doing. And all of a sudden that's the first episode of Live with Spry. It started out not a formal thing that we were going to do and document the dog. It just started out, we were teaching, showing the dog live on Facebook, its first time on place. So you'll see, it didn't, I don't know if it lasted more than a minute. So, but then you look and look at our training video, our puppy training video, and we place train two puppies that are, one's 12 weeks old, one's 10 weeks old. It's the first time they've ever been on it. We trained one that was like about four months old, I think, um, and that had never, that dog had never been on place before. And so we did it for the first time. So you can see lots of examples of how we go about it to start. And then slowly and eventually they, they end up on there more often. So the next thing you asked, jumping on people, on the counter, on the furniture, etc., a completely different issue. And the, The answer to that is really easy, too. Now, the jumping on people thing is a disrespect. The jumping on furniture and the counter, those are real easy. Way too much freedom. What is this dog? I mean, this dog has got the run of the house, it sounds. So what I do is I dial it all back. Dog's got a few options at four months old. He could be out in the yard on stakeout. He could be tied out, which by that time you should be doing it. You just got to be careful this time of year because it's hot. So that's in our DVD as well. So that's one option, in the crate or kennel is one option, on place under supervision is one option, or with me under complete supervision is the other. If you're one of those four things, there's no dog that can get on the counter, there's no dog that can get on the, on the furniture, there's no dog that should be jumping on any people. So the jumping on people thing is testing, and I don't allow it, I don't get jumped on very often. We did a podcast about this just the other day about how I don't get jumped on very often. And the reason is, is because I carry myself differently so that dogs don't look at me as, hmm, I wonder if I can get away with it, something with him. It's very much body language driven. I don't have to be very strong with the dog. I don't have to be real forceful with the dog. I just have to carry myself in a way that the dog looks at me and goes, D- I'm not going to test him. I have no reason to challenge him. Different dogs have different personalities. Some don't want to challenge anybody. Some want to challenge everybody. I got these little puppies. They literally want to, I know I can just see it in their eyes. They want to jump up on me. One of them, especially the other one. Not, not at all. That's a difference in personalities, but the one that wants to jump on me has done it. And I've continued to walk and the dog rolled right over onto its back and kind of shook itself off and went, Poof, don't do that again. And since then, that puppy hasn't even one or two times. It's probably gotten so excited that it decided it was going to make a run for me. And I knew it was coming. And again, I just kept walking. And the puppy flips over and goes, oh, I don't want to jump on him anymore. Now, that is something that just comes with becoming the leader. And when you've got that, you don't get tested. Now, when they in the moment, so that's that's the big picture fix. In the moment, it's responding without emotion. It's not panicking. It's not getting upset. I don't mind picking up a little puppy by the scruff of its neck and looking at, just looking it right in the eyes. I don't even have to make a verbal. If I really want to get, make an effect and the dog has got one, a little more personality to it, I'll give him a, ah, 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 that's enough. And they look at me and go, oops, sorry. You can just see it. So it's keeping your cool, though. It's not freaking out. It's not screaming. It's not barking. It's not yelling. It's not hollering. It's not losing your cool. Like, it's just, hey, no problem. Don't do it again, okay? And, th- and the dogs read that. So... I got a feeling, and then it, and then I think the way I'm envisioning this dog bouncing around on furnitures, counters, people, is it sounds to me like there's a big case of slow down necessary. We got a dog that's just running a little bit faster than his feet can keep up. His mind and his feet are not connected. The mind's going faster or the feet are going faster, one or the other, but they're not meshing. They're not sinking. And so the dog is finding itself making mistakes. So I think the key with this is set this dog up to succeed. And that means when it comes to stuff laying around, pick it up. When it comes to too much freedom, take it away. Let the dog earn that. When it comes to the idea of jumping on you, get earn the dog's respect. And I think sometimes we earn the dog's respect by respecting the dog, but the dog's got to earn it too. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a two-way street there. Now... That's a lot. That's uh, probably not enough, maybe, but I think there's a bigger. The beauty of this is, is the dog's only four months old, so you've got so much time, and you you you're barely you're barely out of the gates, so the timing is good, but you're gonna have to make some changes because right now this is the story, this is the narrative that in four months from now people surrender dogs. And I'm not saying you're going to. And I, I don't want you to take offense to this. I'm being just completely honest, maybe a little blunt. Because I have another guy that I have to respond back to that has an eight-month-old dog that he's thinking about surrendering. Literally, that's in his message to me. So it's fresh in my mind. It's why I bring it up. And the dog, that dog is moldy. And so I got to respond back to him yet. But it's disrespect. It didn't start at eight months old. And that's part of my thought process with the answer that I need to bring back to this guy is back the train up and tell me, when did you start seeing these things developing? And if you didn't see it until the dog was eight months old, it wasn't that he wasn't showing you signs of it. It was you didn't recognize them. I recognize it hearing this. I recognize it reading this. I don't know if you recognize it. You've got a dog that's kind of spinning out of control because he's just going too fast it might be he's following your lead. A lot of times when the dogs get going so fast, it's because we're going so fast. I see some, I had a. I had a gal message me who is desperately wanting me to take her dog. She'll fly it up here. She'll drive it up here. She's coming from Florida to do scent work, nose work with her dog, scent detection work. But the dog is, in her words, absolutely a bad, bad boy. Like doesn't listen, just sassy. And I'm going, the last thing you're thinking about is scent work with a dog that you can't have be obedient. So we sometimes are in such a hurry for stuff. We want to get to the fun stuff, and so do I. But I look at it and I go, the fun stuff is every step of the way, not the just the end. Not just hunting, not just walking on a leash, like, it's getting there that's fun, as long as you're making progress. What, what happens is, is we cross our fingers and close our eyes and wait, open them up when they're eight months old and go, I wonder if he's ready to do that. And then you've got a Tasmanian devil. And it's really hard to put the harness on at that point. And it's, really, it's not fair to the dog because the dog has literally learned that entire time He's been learning. He's been in training that entire time. Whether you've been training him or not, in your mind, he has been in training. It's just he's been trained the wrong things. And that's where people get into a bind where they can't dig themselves out of that hole. I don't want to see that happen to you. So I'm being a little bit stern in in this one because I think it's time to get serious. So I do recommend some of the YouTube stuff you're a YouTube person because it looks like you're following some of the stuff at Standing Stone, I would continue to watch their stuff. I think their stuff's really good. The stuff that I've seen, I think is really good. So watch theirs, watch ours, watch someone else's, watch another person's. Our DVDs, I think, are a nice roadmap because they're formally sequenced and they give you a little bit clearer vision of the path, but they're also only three hours long. I say only three hours. They're three hours long each, so they're kind of long, but they're not going to cover an entire training of a dog in six hours. It, it, it touches the it touches the tip of the iceberg on every category and every chapter, but even YouTube, you could watch. You don't have to buy the videos. You could watch YouTube for free. It's just, it's going to take you about 500 hours to cover those six hours and get them all. And they're not going to be laid out for you quite as nice, so you're going to have to pay a little bit more attention, and it's a little bit harder to do it when it goes five hundred dollars. So, I think it's a combination of the two things, and then these podcasts. I think these podcasts are a nice little accent to some of the information that's out there. But I think you need. I, th- I would recommend digging into that, like really deep right now, and applying. But apply in the beginning. Don't watch. Don't watch the it'll be good series and say, well, my dog is 16 weeks old. So I will watch starting at 16 weeks and we'll start because a hell of a lot of stuff happened with her from about 10 weeks when I picked her up to 16 weeks when you start seeing it on the video. And all of that was groundwork. It was all the things necessary. We couldn't do stuff in week 11. If we didn't prepare for it in week 10, I couldn't do stuff in week 10. If it hadn't been prepared for me and starting in week Seven, eight, and nine. When I picked up Bella, she was with a kennel for a couple of weeks and they did a really nice job starting her. I got her from Blue Cypress and they did a great job with her. Watch the series right now with Callie. Callie started out about a year old with me. Well, I didn't start out, I, she had a fantastic jump start before she got to me. So a lot of the work was done and in place for me to start picking up right where they left off and just moving forward. I had to change a few things because I do things a little bit differently. And the, and the goal that we were uh, trying to accomplish with that dog was different than what they were going to accomplish with her if she had stayed with them. So we had to kind of reprogram a few things. We had to realign a few things, but for the most part, we had an excellent jump start. So you have to start in that beginning. You pr- I guarantee you, Nate, you have some of the stuff there. So sift through what you have and start filling in the holes of what you don't. It's a great question and I I I read it because we've done other podcasts that are similar to this, but they all have their own little personal twists. And so by sharing this with you, it's going to probably help a couple other people at least. It's probably going to be a light bulb for a few other people on, on, on subjects that maybe not all this stuff applies to them, but some of it does. This is probably going to help someone who's going to get a puppy. This is going to help that person that's got a six week old puppy out there right now. and They're going to get it in two weeks or a week. This is going to help people that have a 10 week old puppy that aren't quite to the point where you're struggling, but they're on their way there. So it's a, it's, it's the reason why we do podcasts and do it, a lot of them based off of questions that are coming in. It's the reason why we're redoing our website right now. We're going to be sharing a lot of the emails that I get. The email answers are going to have their own special area where people can read through it. I mean, it's going to be a book, a lengthy one. So, appreciate it, Nate. Thanks for the question. Appreciate you guys for listening. Um, please continue to. Like I said in the beginning, if you do us the favor, leave us a review or a um rating, if you would, wherever you're listening. Thanks again, you guys. Appreciate it. We'll continue doing it.